Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me on the pod this week to look ahead to tomorrow or Friday's uh, home game uh, with Accrington Stanley. First up, we've got uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's your week been? You haven't been invading any uh, like state capitals or anything like that? Uh, is there many around Grove Park and Bromley? I haven't seen many, but no. Could break no, into very... Bromley Town Hall. That's true. Yeah, no, I haven't. Very quiet week. Doing as I'm told, staying inside. Excellent stuff. And another man who's uh, not allowed to leave the house, of course, but that's for all of our benefit, is uh, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Uh, hello, mate. Actually, well, I am actually out of the house. I'm actually at work because um, I've still not got bloody um, Wi-Fi at home, so I'm having to come to work because <laughs> my Wi-Fi is absolutely rubbish at the moment working on a hotspot. But, um, yeah, it's all right. Just week's been okay. Wanted to jump in the Thames a few times, not for banter, but just to get away from work. But been one of those weeks. Say, have, but have you not had your shower fix yet either? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you minx! But uh, no, anyway, horrible week so far. But lovely to obviously speak to you too. Lovely. Well, that's a great one in the mood for some football chat now. So, of course, on uh, this evening's pod, uh, we'll be looking ahead to tomorrow evening's Friday night game. Don't forget against Accrington Stanley, a game live on Sky, although you can still watch it on Valley Pass if you're a season ticket holder or something or other. I don't really know the rules, but uh, you'll still be able to watch it no matter where you will be doing that. Uh, but before that, of course, we'll be talking about a couple of new arrivals that have uh, turned up at the Valley. Uh, Ronnie Schwartz and, of course, Liam Miller uh, have signed for the Addicts this week. We're also here from... Uh, from Lee Bayer on that, what else he wants to do in the window. We'll hear him talking about the potential outgoing that is, of course, Alfie Doughty. Uh, and then we will turn our attention to the home game uh, with Accrington Stanley. So first up, uh, as I mentioned, we've had two new arrivals uh, this week. Uh, Ronnie Schwartz uh, signed on a two-and-a-half-year deal. Hasn't he a striker from FC Michelin? And then we've got a, a player on loan from Liverpool, uh, Liam Miller. Uh, sounds like sort of a winger, perhaps, in, in, in the Alfie Doughty mould, perhaps, I think it's fair to say. Uh, they've both come in the door this week. So let's hear what Lee Bayer has made of his two new arrivals. Um, I think uh, Terry, it was who spoke to him on press day yesterday, says it's probably... It's probably fair to say it might be too soon for Ronnie, uh, who hasn't played much this season, to be involved to p- tomorrow. But, but but Terry did ask Bo if Liam Miller has a chance to be involved in the game with Accrington. Yeah, Liam uh, Liam's obviously fresher. He's been training and playing games. Uh, he looked good in training yesterday. Um, lively, which we expected. He's, uh, he's, he's good on the ball. Um, will get us up the pitch. And, and Ronnie, like you said, he's a bit behind fitness-wise. Um, he's been training here for a, for a few days now, uh, away from us. But yesterday was the first proper session that he was with us. And um, he, yesterday and Monday, sorry, Monday and Tuesday. Um, Monday, you could tell the difference. You know, like the fitness, it was small, tight areas. And he, he found it a bit tough, which is understandable. He hasn't played many minutes. But yesterday in training, again, he... he you can tell the quality, you know, like I can tell um, the way he passes the ball, where he receives the ball, he's finishing, we've done some finishing after. He was good, he was good. So uh, we've got to work hard, be patient, uh, but mostly work hard to, to try and get him playing as soon as possible in, in, in and around the first team. He mentioned earlier about... Uh players you might be looking at or areas you might be looking at and as Charlton fans we're naturally greedy can we expect uh, a few more or any more um, in the next few weeks well, we're hoping to we're hoping to we know we have to strengthen up in certain areas um, and we're going to try our hardest to do so 
Um, if we don't manage to, to bring in what we want, it won't be through lack of trying. It won't be through lack of support from the owner because he's, he's supporting us. Um, I have to thank him because bringing in Ronnie is a good signing. Um, the owner was the one that put him to us. And obviously we'd never heard of Ronnie before in Denmark. and But, but the owner put him to us and, and I think he's, he's going to be going to be a good signing. Um, so he's back to stay. And, and obviously Liam coming in straight away, like two attacking players. Liam's bringing something different to what we have. Like we lost Alfie with that pace, you know, like on the break. We lost that with Alfie and uh, Liam's similar to that. Um, so, but we knew we know we need to strengthen in, in other positions. We know that. I think certain positions were very strong. I think in the fullback positions, I think we're very, very strong there. Um, Centre halves, obviously the two that we, we signed it, they're at. Um, but I think there was two good signings. Um, clean sheet after clean sheet. Our back four was solid. Ben, the goalkeeper, was solid. So I think it's more middle of the park, really, that bit of something different that, that we need to add. And, and that's what we're going to be trying to look for. There we go. Lee Bayer talking about our new arrivals and what else he hopes to achieve uh, in the window. So, I mean, let, let's concentrate on the ones who have come in so far, Tom. Uh, first up, of course, uh, Ronnie Schwartz. You know, we've been... Uh, speaking about it being basically a done deal for a little while now, but it's finally actually got over the line. A striker, um, according to the press release, has scored 119 career goals in 287 appearances. Obviously, uh, the majority of that will be in, in the Danish first division. Um, does that, as far as you're concerned, equate to goals in League One, Tom? What, what are you expecting from him? Well, I hope so, yeah. Um in terms of expectations, I don't really know because I don't know a lot about him other than than what we've seen in, in the footage that the club have put out and that sort of thing. Obviously, a goal record like that is good. But, you know, we've seen people do that in the, in the Dutch league and come over to England and struggle. Um, I think, obviously, I don't necessarily think goals is where we're struggling. I know recently we've struggled, but you look at Wimbledon, we put five past them and... It's been, I would suggest, at the other end of the pitch where we've been conceding too many, it has been the, the big problem. Having said all of that, obviously, Anike and Washington, between them, have got the majority of our goals. So having a third option up there that's going to score, you know, Paul Smith obviously has struggled with injury and, and Omar Bogle has only got, I think, the one so far. So you're looking at a third striker who, if he can come in and get goals, just gives us more rotation in that in that respect. So... I'm excited to see him. I mean, some of the people on Twitter making out he's the next Pele. I, I, I don't know. and We're going to have to wait and see what he's actually like. And I, I guess it's just that. Firstly, as a fan, you're obviously excited when, when your team signs a striker because that's where you get the goals. But also, I think people are have been frustrated, obviously, in recent weeks with the performances of the likes of Bogle and, and our inability to score. So people are obviously hoping that he's going to come in uh, and score a lot. So, yeah, I'm interested to see. It sounds like he, from what Boya says, he's a player that kind of gets in and around a box and it's about can we get those balls into him um, because it's going to be no good if we can't do that as well. So the midfield's going to have to have to step up in that respect. But yeah, any signing is good to, to get him over the line in January and, and to bolster the squad and hopefully kick us on for the second half of the season. Mm, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, what Bo said, Nath, about Ronnie being... Uh, well, he he was advised by Thomas Sangard to go and have a look at this player, and I, I mean, I think we mentioned it before. Obviously, almost alarm bells start ringing when you've got the 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 the, the owner suggesting players. But then I thought I thought about this the other day. I was like, well, actually, no, it's slightly different to when Roland did it because they would literally turn up, and Chris Power would be like, I don't know who this person is, but at least, least Bose had a chance to have a look at Ronnie. And you know, we 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 need someone to put away chances, as as uh, as Tom said. You know, we've seen Connor and and, and Chooks in particular have taken taken the majority of their is but you know it's always, always useful to have someone else who could do that job again yeah no of course it is I think uh, the difference with um, obviously Thomas um, advising Bose to have a look at him is that the, the sort of player has a bit of pedigree about him you know I mean all the others were the ones that the previous lot were like you was just saying like Ulian just turned up with a suitcase and obviously he didn't know how to catch a ball which isn't great for a goalie but I mean, at least he looks a little bit more promising and he has got that pedigree. I think if you look at all of our forwards, they all, they offer something. Um, Chuck's 
has been done very well, but it seems like it's more off, more sort of off the bench. Um, obviously, Omar's really good at missing chances, so that's what he contributes. And um, and I think with Washington, I think he, he's in there, but I don't see him as an out-and-out striker. Um, I think he's one of those ones that he can possibly pay out wide. He's a pressing forward. Um, he does try and get in space, but I think it, we've got a few more di- dimensions to our play now. And because um, I think that's, I think if Chucks isn't starting, I don't feel too confident. You know, well, you know, Omar did have some nice touches, but he's obviously proving that he's just not really up to it at the moment. Um, and I think if Chucks isn't starting, you're looking at it scratching your head a little bit, going, well. What have we really got? So I think it takes the pressure off having to start Chucks as much as probably Bo wants. And, um, but, yeah, I think we've, like Bo said, we've just got to be patient with him. But I think it's a good signing. I think it's especially at this level. I know Danish, the Danish Premier League probably isn't you know, on, on par with the English Premier League. But at the end of the day, if we, we create the chances and we're not taking them, He's got a, a, every chance, you know, than anyone to take him, and um, I think he, I think he gives us that little bit of swagger. He looks like, he, you know, he's very confident, um, and I think we lack that bit of arrogance um, and bullied a little bit at, at times. But um, yeah, I think it's good. Excited, I'm excited to see him once he's up to speed. Might take a while, but mm. yeah, excited, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting uh, as I sort of said to see how he takes to the the English game and 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 how the the sort of levels are. Uh, measure up against each other obviously it should, it should be noted that um he needs home office approval under the eu settlement scheme before he can play for Charlton. so i, I haven't seen that confirmed uh, that he's had that yet and obviously so obviously we're hopeful that he'll be in a position to probably be on the bench uh t- tomorrow night um also actually not shortly before we came on i noticed that uh, sports world ghana have got the big scoop suggesting that omar bokal might be off somewhere as well so uh somewhere out to the states so they would be interesting to see if we do need to move one on because bo did say today that i think we've pretty much reached the top of our cap now so if we are going to get people in uh, it will you know further people in it will certainly be people who have to go out and we did hear from bo there that he'd still be interested in perhaps a midfielder and we'll talk about that a bit more but let's let's have a look at this this other signing that's coming as well tom liam miller a young sort of canadian international on loan from liverpool until the end of the season 21 year old uh, winger who can play up front and uh well it's meant to be quite pacey and obviously uh you know since alfie's gone out with injury and now uh, as we'll talk about in a minute potentially leaving the club anyway um pace is one thing we've we've desperately lacked i mean i think you know that that, that there's there's been a, a a bit of a dearth of that in our, in our squad recently it's probably fair to say yeah 100% 100% and and that could be uh, you look at the way we started the season when alfie was in um it could be the key thing that we're missing at the moment he's um he's someone I, i'm excited that we've managed to get get him in um i think i have a feeling he played for liverpool in one of their fa cup games uh briefly i've definitely seen him play somewhere and thought just his raw pace was something that that struck me similar to alfie in in that respect um and i know he's highly thought of at liverpool uh, and i think he's they've had offers from i think germany um and higher up than us in in english football as well so He's clearly someone that's highly rated. Obviously, given his age, you expect him to be a little bit raw. You know, similar to Alfie, occasionally touch can let him down and his finishing isn't 100%. Um, but if he can come in and he has scored goals, uh, I think he's been at Kilmarnock, hasn't he? And he's got a few there. Um, then, yeah, he's going to be an exciting player. And I, I mentioned about the fact that with uh, Big Ronnie up front, we're going to need to get balls into him because he's going to be in the box and, you know, around the six-yard box. If he can get to the byline and pull that ball back for him, then then there could be a good little combination there. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see him play. Obviously, Steve Gallen had said that pace was something we needed, so they've gone and addressed that straight away. Um, and as I say, we we need to be patient with him because he is a young player and he is going to make mistakes. Um, but he, he's definitely got talent in there. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him start and, and hopefully he can start fairly soon. Yeah, he's uh, had had two separate loan spells up at Kilmarnock, so clearly they they were reasonably keen on him. Um, over over well, thirty three Scottish Premier League appearances, which included sixteen starts. So you know you don't you don't get sixteen starts if you haven't impressed. I think uh, you know as a loan player in particular. Um, Nathan, do, do you think he'll he'll be the one to sort of uh, uh, help us fire back ourselves back into a bit of form? Uh, yeah, and I've got I hope so. Um, I think with um. 
I think what he offers, just looking at, you know, I know Smith was out for a while, wasn't he? And he had a bit of pace. But I think what I find with us is we're all nice and tidy at times playing in front of people. Um, and with the personnel that we had, with Alfie not there, transitioning from defence to attack quickly is something that we, we can't really do with the players that we've got. So by the time we get the ball, the other team are set. And we're just playing tippy-tappy in front of them and sometimes we'll go too direct to Bogle and then people are feeding off scraps. Well, I think, you know, as Tom said, with the pace that he's got, um, he'll get us up the pitch quicker. Um, I think defenders are going to be a lot more wary of obviously committing. Um, I'm not saying they're going to mark him out of the game or anything, but I just think we definitely lack that pace of... of I thought we were too predictable at times. And even if if we're losing a game and he's not starting, it gives us something to chase a game. Um, I mean, people could play against us with a high line because we haven't really got anyone to go in behind them. I mean, you know, Washington's quite nippy, but you know he's not going to be as quick as Miller or anything. So I think it's another, it's a good, it's a good addition. I think I, I think everyone was sort of saying that we needed a sort of pacey winger, maybe a striker. Um, so I think he's done well so far, but uh, still a couple more for me. But I think that both of them are really good additions. And um, if he turns out to be as good as all our other loans that we've had, more or less, um, I think it's a great little signing. Now, I mean, before we go into the potential outgoing then in, in, in terms of Alfie Doughty, then obviously Bo talking about players that he still wants to look at. I mean, uh, some some of the quotes in there, he's sort of, sort of saying that he's... I think he wants something a bit different in midfield still. We have got a lot of midfielders, fullbacks. So centre-halves, he didn't sound that interested in going to get some more. And then he spoke to Richard again this morning and said that we've got four and it doesn't seem doesn't seem that that bothered about getting an, another one in there. Obviously, he's still working within this the, the cap and obviously has to decide what he thinks is the more important position to, to go and fill. But for me, I think centre-half, we're, we're, we've been massively lacking recently, Tom. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, I think Boyer has has done some brilliant work in the transfer market over his, his two or three years here, but the the reluctance to bring in a centre back, and we were just talking before we came on air, weren't we? His what he's seeing in Prattley, and obviously he knows football far more than than I do, but you know he's coming out after pretty much every game and saying that that Prattley's done well there, and you know I'm not going to say that Prattley's had an absolute horror show every game or anything like that, but. There have been visible mistakes, from my knowledge of football, in recent games where we've conceded goals, maybe not directly from a Prattley mistake, but Prattley's positioning and stuff, you know, that that's not where he plays. And, you know, Prattley's an experienced player and I think he's done well to to play there when he's needed and, and he's done an OK job. But to suggest that that's fine, particularly when now he's going to be out for three games, so you've got, you've got Deji back in there who... I think he's playing because he has to more than because he wants to, because as you said on Sunday show, I don't think he, he rates Deji either. It seems very strange to me. Um, and, and look, if Deji and Piercy can keep three clean sheets and Prattley can come back and go straight into centre mid and, you know, two games later, Innes is back, then you look at it and think it was a wise decision. But if either Deji or Pierce gets injured or, or gets sent off or anything like that, then you're looking around and you're thinking, well, well, what do we do now? So to me, it's a strange one. I completely agree with him that with Innes and Famwo fit, then there's no need because those two had built up a decent partnership and with Pierce as your third choice and then Deji as a fourth, I think we, we were well stocked. But at the moment, it, it seems to me short-sighted not to go into that area and to rely on people to fill in there because I would argue that our recent drop in form has largely been down to the fact that that's what we've been having to do. So... It's a strange decision, but as you say, with the salary cap, he's obviously working to to a lot of restrictions. Um, and if he wants a, a combative defensive midfielder, which it, it sounds like he does, and he's probably only got the money with movement to bring one player in, I understand why he's doing that. But but as I say, his his kind of overall praise for Prattley in that role and his dismissive nature of even considering bringing another centre back in it is a bit strange to me but as I say he knows way more about football than I do so trust in Bose. And, and I guess obviously he knows the constraints of the cap better than us he knows where there's room for manoeuvre and uh, you know as we said we're currently he's currently saying we're right at the top of it but therefore he, he knows where he'll be able to get people in and out I guess um, I mean Nathan obviously we mm. t- t- 
talking about Deji there in particular, I mean, I mean, it, it, it was the way it was worded by Bo. I think after the, after the game last week, he basically said, "Well, I have to I have to play Deji now." It didn't sound great, and obviously we've seen through his selection choices that he prefers a, 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 a midfielder in that role than a than Deji in his own role. So it doesn't say a lot for him. De- I mean, De- Deji is really going to have to prove himself. I think he, he really needs to sort of win win over the hearts and minds of the manager and and probably some fans as well. I think tomorrow night. Yeah, I, f- I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, to be fair, when um, I saw Deji play at DM, it wasn't good. Right, I think the best game he ever played was at right back, really, and that, I didn't really expect that. But even though I know he played there for AFC Wimbledon, but I think the thing is with Deji, I, I, I wasn't. I can understand why people were surprised when we. I think he was linked with was it Gillingham or something. Um, I think the thing to think about is if Deji's not on a lot of money, and then we sell him. Who are you going to bring in that's better than Deji for hardly any money and on a similar sort of wage? Um, maybe that's what it is. And I think I agree with Tom. I think we probably do need a centre-half. But maybe Bose is looking at it and going, well, Innes and Fanwell ain't that far away. So do I want to bring another defender in? And then when everyone's fit, I've then got this, I'm wasting this money on this defender when I'm not going to be, I can only play two of them. Um, but yeah, I think Deji has got, Deji has got, Prove himself, but listen, that's what squad's for. That's what he's paid to do. You see, it's he's to, it's you know it's his position to lose now, um, because when Famwo and Innes get back, as much as you know they were good, they're not going to be they're not going to be raring to go from from the right at the beginning. So that it's Deji's places to lose. And I, listen, I hope he has a good game because he's probably not had a fair crack at a whip. But in my opinion, every time I've seen him, he's not really been good enough. Um, mm. So I can agree with Bose in that instance. Well, let's hope for some improvement tomorrow. Now, right, of course, the uh, other sort of main story we've had uh, this week is the fact that Alfie Doughty, uh, a bid has come in from Stoke City, and it sounds like, uh, well, there's, there's, there's certainly a possibility he'll be moving. Now, obviously, during press day yesterday, Terry did ask Bo if there's anything in this story linking with uh, Alfie Doughty with a move to a different club. All I can say is that there's interest. Um, that there's interest, but there was interest in the summer. Um, if if Alfie does leave, um, then it will have to be the right right thing for the football club. Uh, it always has to be the right thing. Uh, no one player is bigger than the football club, and, and Alfie is no different. So Alfie's agent has said that he he doesn't want to sign a new contract, um, which is disappointing. I'm disappointed with that because. This time last year, his agent was saying that he um, that we should leave him on loan in non-league instead of calling him back. And now we're like, well, we've given you an opportunity, and and now not not wanting to sign a new contract. So that's their decision. That's their choice. That's the way football works. I understand that, but it's disappointing, you know. Like we've given him the opportunity, and and then he's learning, and his development is getting better, but. That's, that's their decision and uh, what we will make sure is that the club is the right deal for the club if he does go. So that's all we can do now because we can't make anyone sign, you know. But at least from a, a club perspective and your perspective, we're now potentially doing it on our terms rather than anybody else's. So we, we're, not, we, we're not necessarily a selling club. I know that the, the situation with football and especially when contracts come near the end is something we can't control, but at least for the most part, it'll be on our terms. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I think we have to be strong. Uh, there's certain conversations that are going on that's probably a bit harsh, but that's that's the way negotiations go. Um, but I, I trust in in Steve. He he will get the right thing for the club. He's done really well in the past, and and that won't change. So um, we all want the, the the same outcome, and that's the right decision and the right outcome for the club, which is the most important thing. There we go then. So uh, Alfie Doughty uh, doesn't want to sign a new contract um, by the sounds of it. Um, Bo, not, not too happy with his agent there, it sounds like, Tom. Um, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, this is one of those situations where unfortunately reality hits a little bit in football and, you know, we're a club at this level that can only offer a certain amount of money and Alfie Doughty's a player who's got a lot of potential that championship clubs will look at and think, well, you know, it'll be a bit of a cheap gamble for them, but he'll definitely be able to get more money there than than he can here. Yeah, yeah, and and I said it last night that agents are the problem. Um, we've known this for a while. Uh, 
I know a lot of people kind of on on Twitter and stuff saying, um, you know, that you know, maybe he's not even he's not even that good, or you know, you you take the money and run. Um, it's a really difficult one, really. I think I I don't get the feeling that uh, his agent has got his his best interests at heart. To be honest, based on the comments. You know, to say that he was happy with him on loan previously when he was in non-league and now, you know, trying to ship him onto the championship, then you do wonder about what the intentions are. Um, I'd love to hear what Alfie himself is thinking at the moment. Um, in terms of that, I think uh, it's a really difficult one. I'd, I'd be sad to see him go. I think we have to, as you, I think, just said, have to remember that the position we're in as a club, we're always going to sell players. You know, you look at the likes of, I don't know, even someone like Man United, you know, probably City, maybe Liverpool are probably the only two clubs in the country that maybe get away with not selling their players. And even them, if, if Barcelona or Real Madrid come calling, then uh, then even they're going to let players go. So at our level down in League One, it, we're always going to sell players. It's about can we get what we feel we deserve for them? Um, and are they on a long enough contract to ensure that we do get that money? Now, the contract situation with Alfie clearly is is down to the previous regime. But having said that, we've got an opportunity now to offer him something. And if Boyer and, and Thomas feel we've offered him something fair and he's still turning that down, then you, you hold your hands up and you go fair enough. As Boyer said, nobody's bigger than the club. And if they don't want to play for us on the wage that we're offering, then so be it. Um, I'm sure we're under the confines of the cap still, which could be an issue. Uh, and as I say, his agent has probably seen pound signs in terms of what they're signing. You're right. It is a gamble. I don't think he's the finished article yet, but he's still young and he's got that pace. So, yeah, I think a championships club would be mad not to take a punt if they can get him for the right price. Yeah. The, the, the thing with the wage cap is interesting because obviously at the start of the season, he was one of the players who was under under 21, so therefore wouldn't count within the cap. But I'm just trying to work out because cause I think he has turned 21 now. I just I, I couldn't find a simple answer anyway. Does that mean he, he now is part of the cap or is it not until next season? Does that change what we can offer him? It's certainly... Um, a confusing one but I mean Tom talking a lot about the agent there Naif I guess that the player himself is part of this decision um and you know you, you you as a player you have to balance off well you know if I stay at Charlton I'll certainly get my game time you know I know I've been improving under Lee Bowyer I'm not I'm not the, the finished article yet I've only really had you know what six months playing in first team football in, in the league obviously had that a successful little loan spell at Bromley that got called back from so he's got to balance that off with playing time and chance to improve and, and actually well it is a short career you do need to go make your money in the time you've got and he might have had his his mind brought sharply into focus by the fact he's had quite a severe injury now you know take the contract when it comes because your next severe injury could be the one that ends your career at the age of 22. Well no of course and the risk there is is that I, I don't know how serious I mean, he's been out for obviously a while it was a tear wasn't it so don't know how he's how he's going to ha- going to hold up because obviously hamstring injuries with sprinters with fast players um, they can obviously hamper, hamper your career I remember I know obviously he's got a long way to go and he's not as good as Michael Owen but obviously Michael Owen kept having the same hamstring hamstring he was never the same you know you can you can't think it's, you can't even really walk properly now Michael Owen because of his heel the way his hamstring is healed so it's a, it's a risk but I was saying yesterday on on Twitter, um, I, you know, even when Lyle left, it's it's just one of them things. It's not great, but it's not going to be the first time, and it won't be the last. It's just the way the food chain works. We're just a food chain in football, and yeah, he's he's, he's obviously had to weigh it up in terms of the agent. It's it's quite funny, really, when it was he was obviously all about his development, um, and it seems as though that that's gone out the window, unless unless I'm wrong, and. If it if he does go to Stoke and Stoke have said no, listen, as soon as you're fit, mate, you're starting every week. Then it's a different gravy, isn't it? But um, disappointed because I thought he was progressing nicely. He come out he, literally. We had an injury crisis. He came in, breath of fresh air, done really well. Um, and yeah, it's just disappointing. But I mean, we can all you know learn lessons. It's that crossover period, isn't it? Of obviously the old ownership, as Tom was saying. But it's important. Like we've got Albie Morgan tied down to a longer one. Um, so that's just, we just have to learn from it, and you know, if if he does go, all the best, mate. Um, but yeah, you can't really stand in anyone's way. But disappointing. But listen, mm. like I said, 
before until the day I leave this planet, this is probably going to happen another 25 times. So, mm. um, to all the youngsters out there, it's the first one. Don't worry, there's plenty more where that comes from. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the day Nathan leaves the planet. It's another one we should have signed down to a longer deal on this planet, moving off to somewhere else. Obviously, got a better offer. Um, what we probably I don't know if we have actually spoken about it, Tom, but basically. In the current situation, you would be mad not to sell him, wouldn't you? Because if he's not going to sign a new contract, you know, and he's still injured for a, for another month or however long, we're, we're basically saying, oh, we'll hold on for two months with Alfie Doughty football before, you know, take the money, surely. If there's a decent offer coming in, um, I, I think surely what will happen is we will wait for that good offer and make sure that we, we get a reasonable bit of money and hopefully a decent sell-on as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it seems mad to me that that we wouldn't get rid of him now. Uh, like I say, I'm not I'm not just trying to. I probably sound like you know a, a bitter fan saying I wasn't that good anyway. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's a young player and he's got raw pace. But there are plenty of development areas. As Nafe says, he was progressing nicely. But there's a long way to go before the finished article is there. So we would need him for at least another two seasons to to get the best out of him. Um, if we don't sell him now, we're not going to see the best out of him before the end of this season, unless for any reason this season gets gets extended or delayed or whatever. But by the time he's back fit, what, we're probably going to have, what, eight games, if that, left to, to see him. And it, as again, as Nate said, he's not going to hit the ground running. Player of that nature, it's going to take him time to get his confidence back into to running at that speed. So, yeah... I, we do need to make sure we're getting the right deal. And unlike previous owners who, if you chuck them a fiver, they'll, they'll give you whoever. It sounds like Thomas is part of the negotiation. It sounds like Thomas and Bo have got a, a price that they're happy with to part with. And now it's just about spending the next few few weeks working that out. As Boya said, I think in the piece, possibly the one we've reached today, we're not under any you know pressure. The The agent can give us all the ultimatums he wants, but... We, we own the player, you know, the agent doesn't own the player. And so we will find a deal that's right for us. And he said there's been some harsh conversations. I hope Alfie hasn't got caught in the middle of that because, as I say, it seems to happen too many times. But if he does go, I wish him all the best. And as I say, if we get a good deal out of it, it frees up potentially some wages. As we say, we're not in 100% sure, but definitely bring some money in. Then then that's not a bad thing. So. It's a shame that that's the way it's going to end. It's a shame that's the way his season's gone because obviously, as I say, he started the season well, but that's what happens in football. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, we shall have a look at some of your tweets and emails. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So we meet again and I offer my hand all dry and English slow. And you look at me and I understand you. It's a look I used to know. Good ball out here on the right hand side of Smith. Smith, ball into the box. For, and he can hear fire! Superb goal by Joan. Brilliantly worked on this right hand side. Smith with the cross. And Aniko's on hand to bury his header. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview here. Looking ahead to the game against Accrington Stanley tomorrow in a few minutes. Time we've got a few emails and tweets that have come in 
um, uh, during the week and, and today ahead of the game. Uh, first one came in via Tony. Uh, hi, Tony. Says, evening again. Thanks for the pod, as always. I hope you're well and all your families. Yeah, we're all good. Thanks, uh, Tony. Uh, a bad result at the weekend and a poor performance. A few points. I think Bo had a mare on Saturday, but he deserves a break with what he has done for us. Let's be realistic. We were relegation candidates before he took over, or before the takeover, I should say. Uh, I think Prattley was sent off due to frustration uh, with teammates, all games shouting and asking for more. I think some players need to be judged on an even playing field. For me, Williams can be a great player. However, he doesn't produce on a regular basis. He was very similar to us, Tuma, uh, and we didn't moan at Aussie being moved on. Williams needs to step up his input, especially uh, with goals or assists. Madison has the same amount of goals in a tenth of the appearances. I know that Nathan will be upset as he simply... Uh, needs to bring more to the team. I think that'll be you as well, Tom. Uh, great pod as always. Uh, please keep doing it. Stay safe. That's from Tony. That's an excellent one, Tony. Tom, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I think a, a lot of what he says I agree with, uh, including the Williams point, to be fair. I think we we all would like to see more from him in terms of assists and goals. I think that's coming. Um, and obviously he's got two in the past few months. It's still not enough for a player of that position, but I think he needs regular game time. Um and he just hasn't had that really, you know, bringing him on at half time against Hull when we were in an absolute shambolic performance, we're not going to get the best out of him, unfortunately. So if you're expecting him to be the the Josh Cullen at the base and do all that dirty work, you're not going to. He is a bit of a luxury, as is Madison. But um, yeah, I'd like to see a little more from him in terms of goals, but I don't think he perhaps deserves some of the criticism he gets. Hmm... Uh, obviously, the, the the message there from from Tony was was talking about some of the the stick that Bo's coming for um, recently, Nathan. I just wonder. I mean, obviously, certainly we're on a bad run of form, and there's been some decisions that fans have been questioning recently. But I just wonder that now that we've come to this, I mean, this really is make or break time, really, isn't it, for the rest of the season? And obviously, therefore, for for what happens with Lee and and how people feel about him, because this is his transfer window, even even under the constraints, to go and put in some improvements that will make us better and make us look towards promotion. So obviously he's, he's sort of going to live or die based on, on what happens now for the rest of this season, based on what happens in January. Yeah. Um, obviously with the players he's getting in January, it's improved us. Um, he obviously, no, he obviously got players in that he thinks that we need. I think the last couple of weeks, um, I'm not going to lie. Some of the, I mean, the decisions of Adam Matthews playing at left back, sort of confused me a little bit um, I understood the Martson one playing in the middle that's made perfect sense because we don't have no pace in that middle whatsoever um, but when you've got a left back on the bench and he's playing a right back at left at left back I know what he was saying about Malik Wilts and stuff but then it's so un- imbalanced and I think that's what was shown on Saturday I think if you're in a bad run I think you just stick to the basics get back to the basics get your confidence back you know as soon as you start putting square pegs in round holes, I think that's when you're going to make a rod for your own back. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, with these players now, maybe you can play a little bit more freer. I think now we've got Liam Miller. Um, I think it gives us gives Bowes a little bit of an opportunity to maybe play free up top. You could play Miller out wide. You could put Washington out wide. You could have, you could even have Madison that comes comes inside. You know, on his on the right hand side onto his left foot and do those little dinky balls that he likes to try and do. Um, I think it gives him more option, whereas before you looked at it, I mean, you maybe put, well, Smith was injured. You put it before, it's like you only had Williams, really. And that's, you're saying Johnny Williams got a player as like an inverted winger. We didn't really have that many options. So, yeah, I think Bo's got an opportunity now to try and, like you say, live live by his decisions and he's building a team um, as best as he can. But I think, obviously, proof will be in the pudding come... May or whenever it's going to end, probably December is it going, but <laughs> yeah, 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 but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, that was a great message from Tony. Plenty of questions in there to us. Right, next one's in from Phil. Hi, guys. Hoping that Deji gets his chance and grabs it. Then when he is available, perhaps Darren Prattley will get back to his best position in midfield. I want to see the lads getting the ball forward much quicker and hopefully putting pressure on their defence. If Liam Miller has been playing, then maybe he could give us a start to give us somebody with that unknown factor and perhaps a cameo for Ronnie Schwartz to grab a goal or two. Definitely time to get back to winning ways. Interesting to read that Innes is back out running 
morning when Lee Bayer said he's still six or seven weeks away. That's from Phil Hay. Yeah, cheers for that. Phil, yeah, we saw the picture of uh, Ryan Innes out there on the on the training ground today, uh, but Bo did say he's still six or seven weeks away. I, I, I'm not, 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 not a doctor. You'll be uh, amazed to find out. But um, Ryan, I mean, that quad injury, I don't know how long it takes to sort of pick up your fitness and stuff, but certainly it's not going to be one you want to rush. Um, you, you can't take any chances, of course, with, with a player coming back from a quad. But yeah, definitely agree uh, with wanting to see the ball further up the pitch quicker. Uh, hopefully, Liam Miller will be the man to apply that. Cheers for that, Phil. Uh, Martin says, hi, guys. Uh, some fans have criticised, but my take is... Uh, this is on the Doughty business. Uh, we need a quick winger now. Ours will be out of action for much of the rest of the season and apparently he wants away. So we've borrowed one uh, that was brought up at Melwood and ready to go. So next season, fingers crossed, we might be able to recruit another one uh, better than either of those. So why not make some money now instead of him leaving for nothing at the end of the season? I could be wrong, of course, but I'd be interested to hear your views on that. That's from Martin Johnson. Yeah, I 100% agree, I think, Martin. That's what, I, that's what I'd say. I think, you know, with, with the situation we're in, Surely, surely you have to cash in on, on Alfie Dowsey. I think that I imagine that will be the decision that we make. Right, Dave says, I hope for a performance and players playing in their right positions uh, against Accrington tomorrow. Yeah, it will be interesting to see whether Bo does sort of stick with that experiment with. Uh, uh, with Adam Matthews playing on the wrong side of the defence. 100% Charlton says, Evening lads, hoping for the players to be playing in the right positions and attacking lineup with Madison behind our front too so he can bring some creativity, which we have missed on the front foot from the start. Take the games and then vital we win and start to build some momentum. Michael says we need to start defending like we've actually seen a football before. Yeah, we certainly seem to have lost that knack, haven't we, uh, over recent weeks. Right, now you may remember on Sunday show, I was really pessimistic about the chance of uh, Friday's game with Accrington actually going ahead of all because the EFL uh, have gone round and done their uh, COVID testing, uh, their league-wide COVID testing this week. Um, not every club has been doing it, unfortunately. That's just been the case. Charlton have actually been quite good, but I was almost convinced that any mass testing like we've seen this week from the EFL uh, would uh, result in games, a lot of games being called off, and you've seen some of them. I think Shrewsbury it was who've been forced to do that. I think they're going to miss their, their FA Cup game with Southampton. I'm sure there'll be a couple of others in and around the league as well. Um, so during yesterday's press conference, Bo was asked uh, how Cholton's COVID tests have come back this week. Yeah, so we tested on Monday um, and, and everybody came back clean. So I keep saying what we're doing at the football club is, is very good. Uh, and medical staff and, and everyone that's abiding by the rules. And we're trying to do the right thing every single day. And I think that's just shown in, in our results. Um, all these other clubs keep having a lot of a lot of um, positive tests, but touch wood for us at the moment, it's, we've been reasonably good, you know. Um, so yeah, we keep doing the right thing. And again, not, not worry about what others are doing. We've just got to concentrate on what we're doing and, and keep trying to do the right things every day. There we go then, Lee Bowyer, pleased to report a clean bill of health for the Addict Squad. Um, which I saw, I think I sort of expected in terms of Charlton, but uh, it sounds like Accrington. Well, the fact that they've uh, been down and training at Barnet today on Thursday means obviously they they felt confident enough to travel as well. So looking looking good as it stands. Uh, for the game to be going ahead. But, you know, we've seen other clubs uh, have had some some quite major outbreaks, including ones in the Premier League, uh, Tom. Uh, but, I mean, the massive announcement this week that the PFA are, are going to start paying for round the cl- like proper testing, I think I think it was twice a week, for all the clubs in the EFL. Because, you know, we really need to get on top of these games that are being called off. So, finally, proper testing will mean that any clubs that do have little outbreaks will be able to contain them before they, they spread like like what we've seen with some of the clubs recently. Yeah, and I think the PFA are the right people to take that forward. Um, it sounds a little bit like people were looking for somebody else to pay for it. Um, for, I can't remember exactly what the figure is, but I know it costs a huge amount of money to, to run the test per club. And so the EFL didn't want to do it and said the PFA should, the PFA didn't want to do it and said the club should, the clubs didn't want to do it and said the EFL should. So, And the, the FA are obviously in there as well. So it, it's been going around in circles, but and in the grand scheme of everything that's going on, obviously football doesn't really matter, but for a lot of people's mental health it does. Uh, and for you know the entertainment factor, which is what it's providing, it does. And if somebody can take responsibility, it's relatively low risk, you would think. Um, 
but it, it involves players sacrificing a lot in terms of you know all of the isolation and things that they have to do and it is a lot of work to get these games on but if football as a business wants the Euros still to happen and wants next season still to happen and the World Cup the following season, then this season needs to finish when they want it to. And and if they want to do that, then they're gonna someone has to put their hand in their pocket and make sure that it can. And obviously testing it is the way forward. So I'm glad it's happened. I'm glad our game's going ahead because just personally, you know, as I say, it, I find it a comfort to have that at the end of every week, um, albeit on a Friday this week. So... Yeah, obviously player safety has to come first and that's why the PFA are the right people to take that forward. But hopefully, if they can continue to do this, it will hopefully um, isolate these incidents more quickly and, and keep games going, which is the important thing. Mm, yeah, certainly the health and safety of the players is important. And, and really, realistically, you know, if you've got football clubs that are going up and down the country to play games, we need to make sure they're not riddled with COVID. Otherwise, they'll be basically just furthering the pandemic and, and uh, not helping at all, really. So, fi- fine. I'm glad this has finally been brought in and hopefully we will see fewer games being called off now uh, and uh, a- any outbreaks will be managed better. And obviously, any, any, any club that does have one like Shrewsbury, uh, wish them all the best for now and, and hopefully uh, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll come back a clean bill of health. Now, because of various outbreaks and whatnot, Accrington uh, haven't played since the 19th of December. So, to put that into some context, that we were playing Swindon away, the 2-2 draw. I'm sure most of you probably forgotten that game already I know I had until I just thought about it then um, so that's how long it has been since Accrington have played a game of football they haven't actually lost that many rec- if, it's hard to talk about for them because they've gone that long without playing but they've only lost one in the last 10 or 11 games or so Nathan so I mean how will how, how will this affect them going into going into tomorrow Friday night's game you know haven't played for a while but also in very good form so is that good or bad I don't know <laughs> Well, it's hard to tell. I think uh, we could go one or two ways. They could come out on fire and be rejuvenated and, you know, play really, really well. Or they could come out and be really rusty and then get absolutely tonked by an Omar Bogle hat-trick. You don't know. Very unlikely the latter. But nonetheless, it can still happen. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they start. Um, I think it's important that we get a fast start, get out of the blocks quick. Um, and put it on their toes a little bit because, and you know, we we don't really know how they're going to react. So it could go either way. But um, yeah, they've come on a long way. I mean, if we was talking earlier, I remember going up to Accrington away, um, and I think I can't remember who scored. I know it was a Lewis Page cross. Carlin, Carlin that, scored yeah. the header. Yeah, and then uh, and then we conceded. I know, and then there was an issue where Carlin should have squared it to Lyle, and we didn't. And then after the game. Bose was like red and I mean red as in like rage I remember him and um, he looked quite scary um, but yeah they've come on they've come on loads and um, but they've only lost one game but they've not played in a while so it's going to be interesting which way it goes but you know we just need to take our chances I think mo- most I mean there's, against teams we can keep the ball really well just like other teams can it depends who, who takes their chances or not and we're not doing it enough and we're shipping goals at the other end so Though maybe let's hope that they're going to be rusty, and then we can get we can get a couple of quick early goals. Yeah, certainly uh, we need to see an improvement from Charlton, of course, after just a run of, of two wins in nine and a, a disappointing performance against uh, Hull City uh, last time out. So let's hear the Alex Bosley by your look ahead to the game. As always, he starts off uh, with some injury news. He was asked if there's uh, any update on the fitness of the squad from the last time out. Uh, as usual, Lee, if we can start with the injury update. Obviously, Ben Ben Watson got uh, got his injury on. On Saturday, uh, how soon do we know yet how, how bad it was? Um, it's not too bad. Uh, I think I said earlier in the week it, it was quite um, innocuous the way it happened. Uh, it wasn't like he was sprinting and in full flow or anything. He was just trying to shimmy the ball out. He got a nudge from behind and a bit similar to Alfie, if you like. He got that nudge when his foot's planted, and obviously the muscle don't like that. Uh, so it's not going to be bad. It's not going to be long. Um, he's outside jogging already. So, um, can't say a date, but maybe two weeks, something around that time. He's never had a hamstring in his life. So, um, normally hamstring injuries are for sprinters and it's not really that easy. So, <laughs> it didn't surprise me when he said that, that I've never had that injury before. But, um, yeah, we're, we're hopeful that it's, it's not too long. 
And uh, I mean, we know about the other long-termers, but uh, any further update on Andrew Shinning? Any closer? Again, again, he's outside. He's outside now running. Uh, he's been outside for a few days now. Uh, he's still got yet to kick a ball. That's going to be the big test for him because obviously it was his fight. So, um, so yeah, hopefully keeps ticking boxes. But I don't think he's going to be back as soon as we would all like. I think we have to be careful with it because the, the problem we had with that is that Shinny was saying he was feeling something, but he was like, oh, I'm okay to play, I'm okay to play. And and sometimes you just have to take the player's words, you know, like I was one of them. If you had a knock, never do you go into a game 100%. And um, so then you, you have to take the player's word. And unfortunately, it looks like he was playing with a, a bit of a niggle for a couple of games and then it just made it worse so we can't let that happen again we've got to make sure that when he comes back then he stays back you know on the Friday Friday night we got uh, arguably one of the form sides if not the form side in the division in Exeter I think they've only lost one in 11 um, so, I mean it was always going to be tough anyway but you know with our injuries and now suspensions uh, probably a little tougher than you want yeah but it's another challenge isn't it like there is no easy games and they're probably the form side, like you said, and they've got good players, like I say, every week. Every team has players that can hurt you. Um, I've watched uh, a few of their games. Um, as much as they have strengths, they have weaknesses. Uh, same as every team. So, as long as we compete better than what we did the other day, because if there's one thing I remember from an Akron team, is that physically they are at it every single game. Um, and if we don't get, if we don't compete, then, then they'll run over the top of us because they're very, very physical. Um, and that's what I remember from them two years ago when watching the games now, that it's no different. They still try and play football as well, but they're, they're physical, you know, and set pieces, that they're very, very strong. Um, so, yeah, we, we have to do the right things. And if we concentrate on what we're doing on, on the night and we do all that and we tick all the boxes and, and win your individual battles because that's a massive part of the game. If we do that, then then we've got a very good chance of winning. And with uh, with different players in the squad, it gives them gives them all a lift, I guess the whole the whole squad a lift. Uh, and maybe uh, we can impose ourselves a bit uh, a bit more with uh, with better, with added players rather than better ones. Yeah, we we have to add strength. We're like we're never going to bring in any anyone that's going to weaken our squad because um, then you're just wasting money. We we would never do that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're bringing players that we think that can fit to the way we want to play and, and, and that will bring us something different or something better. There we go then, Lebo. You're looking ahead to Friday evening's uh, game with uh, Accrington Stanley. Don't forget it is Friday evening, not Saturday. It's on uh, Sky TV. Uh, so make sure you're in front of your set uh, for that game. Uh, interesting one. Oh, you know, talking about how, how Charlton approached this one, Tom. Um it's it's, it's going to be a tough game. And considering the run of form we're in, I think it's going to be quite nervy for us, really. Especially an Accrington side that, you know, for, I haven't seen them this season, but from past experience, they're so physical, but they're also very organised and difficult to break down as well. So it's, it's going to be a one, you know, maybe remember the Wimbledon game where you have to show some patience and you know eventually we did find a way to break through them but this is an Accrington side who are obviously of, 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 a, of a different calibre to Wimbledon so it's gonna it's gonna be a really tough one this one yeah you're right they're they're a good side um only a couple of places and points below us aren't they but they've got all those games in hand I think we have to try and capitalize on the fact that they're going to be rusty because they've played those those games less and haven't played for a while and try and and try and just start quickly, I think, and, and put last week behind us. Um, as lots of the emailers have said, playing players in the right positions would be would be a good start to that. But more importantly, I think it's just about, as I say, getting on the front foot early. And Nafe said it earlier when he talked about our playing style. You know, we do look good when we play in front of teams, but it, it's just too slow. Uh, too many times this season, particularly in the last few weeks, we've seen us just passing across the back four occasionally into a midfielder who's dropping deep but rarely does he then turn on the ball and look forward and it's all just a, a bit static and a bit slow um, and we've seen earlier in the season and even I go back to that Wimbledon game and I know it was just one game but it's a good example partly because there were fans there so I was actually there to see it but we moved the ball so much quicker and you think of that link-up play down the right-hand side two or three times we got in behind them and 
if we can exploit a weakness like that in Accrington and start quickly, we've got players that, that can hopefully take their chances. Um, and yeah, I think, as I said uh, in answer to one of your questions earlier in the show, apart from the last couple of games, goals haven't been the issue. It's been the defensive problems at the other end. And if we can sort that out and play players in the right position, I don't think we should be scared of Accrington. It's going to be a difficult game, but it's definitely a game we can get three points from. Hmm. Now, one of the major thing bugbears I guess for Lee Bayer over the last few weeks have been players who are excellent coming off the bench but not that great when they start and I think you could you could certainly say that Chooks and Ike is one of those I'm, I'm trying to work out if Marcus Madison would be one of those as well because there was a game where he I think did he start against Plymouth I can't remember well there was a game where he started and did okay but you know certainly coming I think he came off the bench against Plymouth didn't he because he scored within a couple of games but it was a different game where he started and wasn't too bad but at the same time you know when he made that such an explosive impact from the bench on Boxing Day now if you wonder if he if he will be livelier from that position so I mean is Marcus one that you'd look to start against an Accrington team that will surely be you know, sitting back and making it hard for us? If he's fit, then yeah. I think, uh, I know he, he splits opinion, um, but the only way you're going to get him fit and for him to realise he's, you know, realise the potential, if you want to call it that, or, you know, the reputation he has is by playing him and giving him minutes. And that's the only way you're going to do it. Everyone knows he's a good player. And I know he's a bit marmite and he might be a bit arrogant. So I like that bit of swagger. It's something that we don't have. I mean, you can be honest to the day is long, but... I mean, sometimes you need that little bit of that maverick and I think that's what he gives us and he gives us that something different. Um, he'll pull out a pass that a lot of players won't. He'll try something. I don't mind players who try things, try different things. We've already said it. Playing nice, you know, side to side, goes to the left back and then you look long to Omar. It's only so much, it's so predictable. Whereas he comes out with something different. I think he's got to start. I think he's got to start starting games, getting fit. Um, just that you're at home, you know. If, if would I have started him against Hull? Probably not. Away from home, those sort of games, yeah, you can understand. You might want to be a bit more solid defensively. Um, he's not really a counter-attacking player. He's got he's like, he's a player where you're going to have two banks of four break us down, and I think that's what it's going to be on on Friday. And I think you should start because unless you unless you play him, there's no point. There's no point in being here if you're just going to bring him on for 20 minutes. He can't do that Plymouth thing every single week. He's got to play minutes. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just looking back at the field. I think it was the, he definitely started against Wimbledon. I think that was the game. He played 84 minutes. That was the game where I think he played really well from from the start. So he has done it before. But then obviously there's you know he he is a maverick kind of player, as you said. He's going to have quiet games as well. And obviously another one that that that, that we speak about in in those terms is Chooks and Ek Tom. Um, you know. <laughs> striker wise we we are struggling for ones that really set the world alight other than Chucks when he's come off the bench uh, Connor's done okay although probably been quiet for a little while now in terms of goal scoring he still runs his nuts off of course uh, Omar hasn't really been doing it for us and, and Paul Smith is still coming back from injury so I don't really know whether he'll be in a position to start but do you risk starting a, a Chucks and EK when he has been nowhere near as effective when he starts game as he has been when he comes on for the last half an hour or so Maybe you could just bring him on after a minute instead uh, and just trick him into that, that yeah, substitute mentality. That's, that, that's, that's what we did at Burton. He came on after about half an hour and he played fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so may, maybe we could do that. I think, yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I, I'm i not sure I'd persist with Bogle this time. Um, I, I'm no, being nowhere near as harsh about him as some people have um, and not because I don't think his performances have necessarily warranted it because, it, you know, they've not been brilliant but... You know, I see the work ethic there. Uh, it's just that it's not coming off for him at the moment. So I don't think by any stretch that he's being lazy or down tools. It's just in a bad run of form, unfortunately. Um, whether you could then start Connor and, and, and Paul Smith, I don't know. Um, one of the things I'd like to see, and I called for it a few weeks ago, and we saw it for about half an hour at, at the Wimbledon game that you mentioned, was Madison and Williams on the same pitch. And whether that means changing the formation slightly um, and maybe just having one up front or like a 4-3-3, I don't know, um, so it might take some thinking. But I thought that game, it, it was very effective because then you've got two players that are pacey, dangerous, one of which is a maverick, as Nave said, that, that their defenders have got to be wary of and watching. So if we've got enough defensive cover, um, then then that might be an option. So we've said it quite a lot this season that Bo's within the confines. He has got, he has got players that he can shift around and he has got 
got different things he can try. You just want to make sure he's picking the right players in the right positions, really. But as mad as it is to say, I I agree. I think keeping Anike on the bench and bringing him off the bench, and maybe not after the first minute, but at half-time or at the 60-minute mark, is is the best way at the moment to get the best out of him. All right, I've got some bad news. When when I saw that link from Sports World Ghana, someone put it onto the timeline, uh, I sent it to Rich and said, go and check this out. And he's just put on Twitter, don't think it's got any credence. I was like, oh, no. So uh, we're, we're stuck, stuck with him. <laughs> um, and uh, also, we just had a tweet come in. Uh, just, just as we've come to the end of the recording from Gordon, uh, Watson says, hoping that Prattley and Watson, uh, with them unavailable, will set up a little bit more creative, uh, creatively, uh, more movement, less defensive, look to create space and take the game to them rather than sitting back. Right then, let's uh, have your predictions, Tom, for the game against Arrington Stanley. 3-1 Charlton. Excellent stuff, Nathan. 2-0 Charlton. Excellent stuff. My my only prediction is that Brian Cole, the stadium announcer, is going to do that thing he does whenever he says Accrington Stanley and do it in a Scouse accent because of the milk advert that time. So every time he says them over the tunnel, it'll be Accrington Stanley, uh, which was an excellent Scouse accent from myself. Right, we've run out of time here on uh, Charlton Live. Uh, thanks for the big match preview. Thanks for listening uh, to the very end. Thanks to Nathan, to Tom for joining in. Cheers, boys. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Accrington Stanley. Look forward to speaking to you again then. But for now, we'll say we will see you later. Charles and Charles and